Ringler, and welcome to my show. I have opted not to have an advertisement over the last 20, 25 shows. And the reason I do this is because rather than trying to sell you something, all I would like for you to do, if you support the show, if you're a fan of the Decoding Excellence show, maybe some of the interviews that we've had in the past, some of the monologues that we're having, some of the Monday Minute episodes, please head over to adamringler.com forward slash newsletter. About once a month, I'll send you an email and it will be chock full of really interesting things, research articles, fascinating things I found online, books I'm reading, podcasts that I've enjoyed, articles that I'm writing, things and people that I'm interviewing and exploring. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. I promise I won't spam you and it will be something that would deliver a lot of value to your day. Check it out at adamringler.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Adam Ringler Show, a space where I can share my thoughts, my opinions, my mental models, some of the things that I'm thinking about and exploring within the realm of human performance and the industry that we work in. Today on the show, I thought I'd discuss some of the things that I've been listening to, some of the podcasts that I've enjoyed over the last couple uh, weeks and months. It's been some time since the last publication, and uh, and you might be able to determine it and sort of uh, uh, hear it in my voice. I'm a little sick. I'm a little under the weather, but I thought I would nonetheless still get behind the microphone, share a little of what we're currently up to, what we're doing, and some of the uh, the work that we're doing here at University of Colorado and so within our strength and conditioning, sports performance departments, but more so talk a little bit of the state of the industry. I think over the last couple episodes, I've shared this, that these are my thoughts and my opinions. They don't reflect uh, any organizational values or organizational uh, statements or opinions, but I thought I would get, again, behind the microphone and share uh, my thoughts. So first thing I wanted to lead off, because I thought it was very poignant, um, it was in a podcast that I listened to just yesterday while I was doing some intervals on the treadmill. And that was my good friend, Brett Bartholomew's Art of Coaching podcast. And one of the things that he brought up in episode 51, uh, which was titled Your Favorite Podcast Dirty Secret, that I thought is just, again, worth sharing, worth echoing, making sure that we continue to reverberate this sort of message, is that a lot of podcasts out there really go out and seek the highest uh, known or popular podcast guest. And Brett talked a lot about this on his show. And the the dirty secret was, in summary, that a lot of times it is just really reaching out to high-profile names to seek their audience uh, and sort of siphon off their audience's attention. So rather than really focusing on trying to deliver high-quality, high-value information that is tactical, uh, applicable to our industry, whether it's strength conditioning or business tactics, entrepreneurship, uh, creativity, um, things like that, Rather than actually trying to deliver value in those realms, it's really centered around ciphering their audience so that the podcast can leverage lucrative uh, podcasting advertisement deals or be able to uh, sort of upscale and upcharge to future advertisers to come onto their show, sponsor an episode or sponsor maybe the the namesake of the entire show. So uh, I thought that was worth noting um, just obviously to this uh, this audience here because this is a small show. This is sort of a mom and pop type of show, if you will. It's not centered around trying to get any particular advertising fees. This all comes out of pocket, out of my own pocket. Obviously, I've, I've, uh, I've you know, not had advertisers on the show over the last 25 or 30 episodes 
of the Decoding Excellence show, of the Adam Ringler show here, and some of the things that I've done over uh, over the sake of these episodes was to, number one, self-sponsor it, right, through the adamringler.com forward slash newsletter, which is just another avenue for me to try to deliver some value to you guys, things that I'm reading, research articles, things like that, but also that if you do support the show, there is a way to sort of crowdsource this thing and to use micro-donation platforms like Buy Me a Coffee or Stripe to try to reach out to you guys, the consumers, to actually, uh, you know, micro-donate to the show to continue to support this, uh, this narrative and this exploration of the tools, the tactics, the techniques that go into world-class performance. So I wanted to make sure that we let off with that show because if you, uh, if you haven't listened to it, I, I recommend uh, maybe even stopping this show right here. Head over to your favorite podcast player of choice and check out episode 51 of the Art of Coaching podcast because that was really awesome. Over the course of some of the other shows that I've listened to uh, that I thought really were, were pretty cool, just to give uh, uh, my friend Jay a, a great shout out and another great practitioner, Keith Scruggs, over at um, uh, University of South Carolina, their women's indoor and beach volleyball program. But Jay and Keith get into it. I thought it was another fantastic episode. That one was uh, episode 216 titled Tear Down the Walls Between the Weight Room and the Lab. And that's something that we've always tried to do is to not create a, a huge silo, a huge disconnection between what we're doing from a sports science perspective and what we're doing from a sports performance perspective. So I, uh, you know, Keith talks a lot about using objective data and to, you know, in the process of his dissertation and his PhD, uh, really trying to use some of the research that they're doing at uh South Carolina to better their athletic department and their the sports programs that they're working with and to draw some connection between the components and the variables of a vertical jump and look at, you know, some things like skill relation to volleyball, whether it's, you know, serve receive or um, service errors or actually sport specific objectives and metrics related to the sport and trying to ascertain maybe um, some details and some consistencies out of things like a counter movement jump variable, whether it's impulse or, you know, like, and I, I won't go into um, the full episode, but I thought it was really, really awesome conversation between two top notch uh, practitioners in the field. So, another thing that I think if, uh, if you're listening to, double check that out, a really, really good one. And then, lastly, I think this was such a fun episode to listen to. Something that I try to get away from just listening to, uh, you know, strength and conditioning or sports performance podcast. But uh, Dax Shepard has a great podcast called Armchair Expert, where he interviews a lot of different people from a lot of different realms. Too, it's not all just celebrities and authors and musicians or whatnot. But he had Malcolm Gladwell, who I'm absolutely obsessed with. Uh, he had him on the show, and it was. Uh, about an hour and 22 minutes long of just gems. Um, I'm obsessed with Malcolm's writing style, so much so that I went out and got uh, his masterclass, which is another great sort of product line of, uh, of materials. And I obviously I've been working on this uh, editing of the Decoding Excellence book that I'm writing that is just uh, terrible, uh, <laughs> uh, not really advertising it very well. But uh, writing a book is uh, miserable, at least for me it is. Um, writing, not so hard, but the editing process is uh, painstakingly agonizing. I'd rather be um, you know, hit by a car and uh, 
then then have to re-look at the miserable words that I put down on a page. So I'm not really making a strong suit for the Decoding Excellence book. Uh, so <laughs> hopefully uh, when it does ever reach publication that, um, that I can twist these words around. But I will go on the record here on the Adam Ringler Show and, and actually come out and say that editing is terrible. And hopefully the finished product will, will be um, much, much better than the manuscript that I'm working on. But nonetheless, right, Dax does, obviously between his connections and, and some of what I've probably talked about earlier in the show, is that he does have some wide-ranging guests come on, like Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, listen to that episode. That was great. Uh, Jude Apatow came on. Listen to that one. I, I love that. Edward Norton has made his rounds with, uh, with his movie coming out, Motherless Brooklyn. And obviously jumped on a lot of different podcast shows, but he has a very interesting perspective of about the creativity and the, the craftsmanship behind the camera and in front of it, both being now a director and producer and an actor. But thought that was an amazing podcast. So thought I'd, uh, I'd talk with that. Man, there's, there's been so many great ones that I've listened to. Eric Quorum, Keir Wynnum Flat, went on um, uh, Just, uh, Just Fly podcast. Uh, which is uh, another great podcast that I try to listen to when I'm doing intervals or or doing any sort of like mass running or tempo runs. Um, most of my time, I guess most of my, my conditioning, if I will, uh, whether it's on the airdyne or treadmill or outside or what, I try to consume podcasts. And I might have spoken about this on the Decoding Excellence show in the past, but I, uh, I do this because I cannot stand listening to uh, materials that I've heard before. So listening to songs or playlists really doesn't help me when I'm doing any sort of repetitive type tasks. I can listen to music when I'm lifting. Absolutely no problem with that. I actually prefer that. Um, but when I'm doing any sort of cyclic repetitive tasks, I actually like to consume podcasts because it's all new. Um, whether it's an audio book or a podcast, those are my two preferred methods of listening to uh uh, listening to materials. And then, you know, the problem is, I think when, when you start talking about audiobooks, and this is sometimes the complaint I've heard from others, is that, you know, a lot of the times people will say that they don't retain the material very well. But uh, that's why I think podcasts are so great because they are not meant to be uh, material that you, I think, walk away from and you retain 100% of it. You know, and I look at a great audio book. A lot of the times I like to read a real physical book. I like to uh, have it in my hands, be able to flip through it, highlight it. I'm doing that with a number of books I'm reading right now. But if there's a book that's on the fringe that I'm like, ooh, maybe I'll explore this, maybe I won't, that's a great book for me to actually consume via an audio book. And the reason I do this is because maybe I don't retain 100% of it. Let's just say I retain 75% of it. If it's already a fringe book that I was questioning whether or not to uh, to go out and consume a hard copy, if I only retain 75% of it and I don't have to commit to 100% of the actual time cost of sitting down, turning the pages, reading it um, page by page, sentence by sentence, then that's a win for me because that's 75% bonus material that I would have retained that I wouldn't otherwise even consumed because of the time constraints of actually having to physically read a book. So, um, you know, audio, audio books are a fantastic way for me to explore books that I maybe wouldn't even consider buying or uh, going out and purchasing from a bookstore or Amazon or things like that. So, um, you know, that's a long, uh, digression from the original material, but I thought I would at least lead off the show of some of the things that I'm finding interesting and fascinating as we get closer to the holidays, as we get closer to Christmas and and the holidays that you might celebrate and the new year. Um, 
but maybe as a a very hard segue to some of the things that we're up to. So, uh, you know, knowing that there's been days and weeks that's passed since the last uh, podcast show that I've published, uh, published, I thought I would lead off and say there's a, a few things, right, that we've had. Let's just go through the sort of, sort of the state of where we're at within, you know, this beautiful Boulder, Colorado of where we live in. So one of the things that we're obviously concluded now because our, our University of Colorado team is not in uh, the NCAAs when it comes to women's indoor volleyball. So we've had final exams wrap up. We've had athletes finish uh, their seasonal uh, postseason testing, things like that, so that we have some numbers and benchmarks that we can go into our spring testing period and, and really try to go out and exceed those results. Uh, but we are concluded with volleyball, and we are only having women's basketball, at least on my schedule, as for uh, the teams that I'm responsible for. Uh, that's all I have right now. So it allows us to do some postseason analysis of our uh, force plate data, looking at some trends there. Obviously, we always do a postseason review of you know uh, injuries and things like that when it comes to statistically looking at any sort of correlations between some of the metrics that we collect, whether it's well-being, uh, questionnaires, things like, you know, sleep, mood, focus, soreness, um, well-being, sort of uh, KPIs that we collect, sleep duration, sleep quality, things like that, um, and starting to correlate that with any sort of uh, soft tissue injuries or things. Fortunately, we, we were incredibly healthy this year. Um, but things also in conjunction with that, performance testing data. So things like, uh, you know, distance thrown via med ball or vertical jump or max approach or counter movement jump when it comes to the dual force plates, any of our motion capture, range of motion, uh, limitations. So ankle dorsiflexion, hip flexion, knee, uh, flexion, uh, shoulder internal and external rotation when it comes to their dominant swing shoulder. Um, we, we can start to aggregate that all into a centralized database, which I've talked about in other shows as far as the vendor and the AMS that we use and start to look at correlations between these things and start to really identify out of the hundred or 200 sort of KPIs and metrics that we collect, what are the most important 10 to 20 that we might need to focus on, right? So this comes back to sort of uh, uh, Pareto's principle of, you know, that that 80% of, uh, of what we can do and the outputs that we come, uh, that we gather and that we've obtained ultimately some, somewhat comes down to 20% of the metrics. So 20% is responsible for 80% of the results. So the idea for us is to really identify what 20% is responsible for those 80% of the results. So that is where things like uh, multivariant analysis can come in and we can start to look through the entire data sets that we have and start to uh, draw conclusions and correlations between one variable and another. Um, so if we are focused on, okay, well, what KPIs really contribute to wins or what KPIs contribute to uh, player health and availability, and then really trying to identify of the metrics that we do collect, what are the leading contributors to those outcomes or those outputs? So that's some of the things that we're focusing on. Um, as always, there's always strategic interests that we're looking at, trying to deliver an ROI or return on that investment, not only from the technologies that we have uh, are fortunate enough to use here, but uh, the modalities, the practices, the methodology that we might undertake. So what protocols are leading to success? What, uh, what type of programming or prescriptive RXing that are 
sport performance coaches are doing or our practice schedules. So the way that we periodize not only the tactical and technical aspects, but the workloads that happen on the volleyball court or the basketball court or elsewhere. Those are all very sort of interesting questions that we are exploring and that we're trying to answer uh, within the uh, the practices that we have here in Boulder. Um, but outside of that, you know, like... I also always love to do an application review, right? And this is actually getting into the weeds about some of the things that I'm exploring to try to bring out some productivity in my own self and some of the things that that I'm doing to improve sort of work-life balance and things like that. So where do I even begin? Well, uh, a number of places, right? So one of the things I really wanted to focus on this upcoming year is being more responsive to the right people. And what I mean by that is really targeting the people that need answers to questions immediately. And how I do that is really trying to streamline some of the communication platforms that I've utilized and that we're doing and using. So one of the the investments that I've made over the last um, two weeks really, and it's been amazingly awesome, and this is not like an uh, ad-driven narrative here, right? There, I have no uh, conflict of interest here or, or solicitation from this company by any means, right? Just things that I'm, you know, inherently using that I really enjoy. And that is a new email service called Superhuman. And Superhuman has allowed for me to really streamline that communication. Number one, it is a platform that works in conjunction with G Suite or uh, Gmail, um, work emails as well. And it is phenomenal. It's blazingly fast uh, comparative to the programs that I used in the past, which is Outlook, uh, Outlook 365, and um, some of the other, uh, like a web-based Gmail uh, application that I've used, uh, web-based email for my personal emails as well. And what's fantastic about this is that not only is it blazingly fast, not only does it rely on so many different keyboard shortcuts, the iOS app has allowed me to, uh, between the iOS and the desktop version of it, and this is no lie, I'm not even uh, uh, fabricating an ounce of this, I have really wrangled and migrated, deleted, archived, um, put in folders over 225,000 emails. That's insane to me to know that I've, I've had all of that and I've sat on all of that and, and really didn't act on it. I was, a, I was sort of a, um, a pack rat when it came to email. So I would read it, uh, I would respond if I needed to. Otherwise, I would just sort of let it be there in the inbox or if anything, I would archive it away. But now I've, I've deleted a lot of emails, I've moved them. I am at the, the holy grail, which is inbox zero for uh, my work and personal and, and elsewhere. And I, I absolutely love it. And it's allowed me to be way more responsive to the people that I need to deliver answers to and responses to. So they have things that allow me to um, to be notified immediately. Uh, I can use snippets so that if there are some some automation and some of the email responses, especially when it comes to, you know, hey, I've received your email or your application package for the sports science uh, initiative or um, the internship that we're offering, I can sort of automate some of those, which has allowed me to be a little bit faster with my response time. And that's something that, that I want to do better. Uh, you know, I look at this 2020 year as what are some avenues that, of personal development, things that you or me want to improve on. And I want to make sure that the right people get responses, that I am uh, responsive to them. So if an email hits my inbox, I want to be able to respond within 24 hours to uh, to a very important email, that I'm, that I'm doing that 
a service and my due diligence as a professional to get them the responses that they need. And that's just something that I'm focused on uh, really trying to improve over the course of uh, uh, the course of this new year as we go through this. So that's one application that I've been exploring. The second application is it's not just an application, right? It's a whole process that I'm sort of undertaking with uh, with a much larger process here at, at Colorado Boulder. Is that I have struggled to try to find an application that does project management really, really well. So we've utilized things like Trello uh, in the past, and that's been amazing. In, in some respects, there's some functionality that were limited that I wanted to explore. I looked at things like Asana from a project management standpoint. But ultimately, what I've decided to utilize was uh, Monday.com. Now, you might be asking, what is Monday.com? Well, Monday.com is, again, there's no advertisement here. This is just one professional's opinion of trying to you know, do the best quality work that he could do. And Monday.com is a project management software platform. And what I use it for is, obviously, there's a lot of initiatives that we're trying to do, both within our athlete management system, but some of the protocols and and uh, you know support services that we're offering to other departments and how do we aggregate all of this information and this data sources together and, and work together to communicate that to our coaching staff, administrators, to our the athletes, and, and how is all this actually better uh, for the betterment of our programs? So what this platform allows us to do is to create multiple tables with different silos, different priorities. So what we could do is anytime that there's objectives or tasks or what monday.com calls pauses, we can create that. So just as an example, if I wanted to, I need I needed to email this particular person by this date, I can throw that in. I can put it under a particular silo. I can give it a priority, you know, high, medium, low. I can give it a timeline date. I can tell my entire team what sort of status this is. Is it delayed? Is it in progress? Is it on our to-do list? And then we can also sort of uh, twist and, and quickly pivot this to a Kanban board so that our stakeholders, our you know direct reports, understand where are we at. Like I'm looking at it right now on my desktop, and there's eight pauses that are backlogged. Right now there's 21 uh, items that we need to do. There's four that's in progress, uh, zero that are waiting uh, to be finalized. Five things are delayed, and we've accomplished 166 tasks within this sort of timeline. And this allows us to see, okay, what are we doing? What do we need to do? What have we done? What's delayed? Why is it delayed? And we can follow up with these particular people to really understand what is going on, who's doing what type of work, and what do we need to uh, to leverage. What's also really great, and the reason why I went with monday.com over some of the others, is that it allows me to create a Gantt chart of uh, a project. So especially when we start to think about dependencies of tasks, right? So let's just say we know, I'll use the example of uh, of Christmas, right? At the end of the day, December 25th, we want presents to be under the tree for our family or for ourselves or for whatever. Well, for that to happen, there's a multiple level of dependencies that need to be done, right? So let's just backtrack. What do we need to do to get a present under the tree? Well, we need to wrap the present. Well, what happens before that? Well, we need to actually get the present. 
right? We need to go out and purchase it. Well, what happens before that? Well, we need to drive to the store. Well, what happens before that? Well, we need to get in our car. Okay, great. What happens before that? Well, we need to have money to purchase the gift. Okay, understand. Well, what about before that? Well, we need to know what gift to purchase, right? Okay, well, what happens before that? Well, we need to seek out the the sort of uh, advice or recommendations of, you know, what type of presents do we want to get? And you can start to illustrate that there's a sequential order and steps of, uh, of project management. We need to do X before Y and Y before Z. And when we're starting to talk about deliverables as professionals, we need to map those things out. We need to give hard timelines so that when we say we want to reach this goal and the goal is on December 25th, there's a present under the tree or on December 25th, we have this particular portion of the software operational and delivered to the customer. Well, great. Well, we need to make sure that our timeline fits. And if it doesn't, if we're trying to fit in a much very narrow and condensed timeline, then we also need to make sure that we're leveraging the resources, the human capital, the the person power, if you will, to make sure that the job is getting done. And that is where this Gantt chart system allows us to do. So I'm looking at a particular date right now. And right in this viewpoint, there are seven streams of things that are happening. Uh, within University of Colorado Boulder uh, that we're working on that needs to be done. You know, there's there's a project that's finishing up. Two of our, our streams within our Gantt is finishing up uh, this Friday. And then there's some that are extending on. We're starting a new sort of stream. And, and all of this is important because it, it sort of aligns where our attention and our focus and our efforts need to be. So that is something that has delivered a lot of value to me is really not only streamlining my communication process via superhuman, which has an amazing support team, number one, right? The onboarding process is uh, is phenomenal and has really allowed me to do some some creative and, and interesting things. But then also monday.com, which allows me to really upskill my project management skills. Something that as a strength coach, as a sports professional, we talk a lot about is really leveraging uh, the expertise and professionalism of other departments, right? And this is something as a as a performance manager, you need to understand. As a project manager, it's the same idea. We need to make sure that different silos are all working together to deliver a finished product. And there's a lot more similarities in project management uh, than differences when we start to talk about the comparison between project management and performance management. But it, it's been a fantastic tool that I've utilized over the past uh, past several months now with Monday.com, and you know I think that's that that allows us uh, hopefully to to do some really creative and exciting things. Uh, where else do we go? What other sort of topics shall we talk about? Social media has been quiet. There hasn't been too many crazy comments or sort of thoughts that are going on within social media. Uh, Twitter and, and Instagram and things like that. Obviously, this is the portion of the year where a lot of uh, a lot of turnover within football positions. Right, we've seen some some really well known positions turnover with the hiring of new coaches. I think what's important to illustrate uh, for all of us within the profession is that these guys and uh, men and women have families. They have uh, you know dependents, you know children that. Within any of these hires and fires and things like that, that require, you know, especially as we get around the holidays, families to move, families to relocate, to change professions and jobs, and and that there's a human element behind that. And I don't necessarily always think that uh, fan bases understand that, that, you know, with a, a new coach coming in, 
most of the times, right? They will clean house or uh, if you're fortunate, you can stick around. But this, uh, this is a disturbance in a lot of people's lives. And this is the risk that we know going into this profession. Right? I don't think anybody's naive or ignorant to the fact that that it's high risk, high reward um, in these positions. But it is something that I think the casual outsider doesn't always necessarily see is that decisions made by above can really affect those below. And uh, as, as much as people are excited to see um, you know, a new coach come into a program, anywhere, right? Whether whatever conference, whatever level, division one, two or three, wherever, um, NAIA doesn't doesn't really matter that there's a lot of downstream secondary effects that also happens that affects staffers uh, top to bottom within an organization. So um, a, again, from one one coach to another, my heart goes out to you guys, uh, those that have been affected uh, within this sort of uh, uh, changeover period. You know, I know you know bowl season's upon us here, and and we're starting to get into uh, past the holidays and you know college playoffs and things like that, and. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, turmoil within the industry. So anytime that you can help out a coach, somebody that might be going through that, whether it's shooting them a DM or a message or a telephone call, understand that that has a lot of help, right? That gives a lot of positive momentum and, and influence and just support and encouragement for, for people that might be going through this. So my heart goes out to you guys and any support that I can give, let me know. Uh, but I, you know, I think I'm, I'm running to an end of this, you know, 30 minutes or so episode of the Adam Ringler show. Hopefully within this show, whether it's the discussion surrounding some various podcasts, I think should deserve some more recognition and some, some praise and some publication and to publicize them a little bit. Or if it's some of the tools that I'm using, some more of the tactical work like uh, the superhuman email communication app or monday.com from a project management standpoint. Or if it's some of the analysis and so the the underpinnings of what we're doing here at Colorado Boulder, uh, here at CU. Hopefully, there's been some information that's been you yeah actionable within this. I know I'm under the weather, so my voice probably doesn't sound great, and uh, you probably are hearing me sniffle uh, throughout this uh, this this podcast. But hopefully, it's delivered some value to you. And if it does. I would encourage, please do a couple different things. Share it on your uh, favorite social media platform of choice, right? Whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or elsewhere, TikTok. We're available everywhere. You can find find me mostly at Adam Ringler uh, on most of the, the major social handles. Um, but you can also navigate to adamringler.com forward slash social. And on there, you'll find all of the avenues of where I'm most active at. And to be honest, it is the the major platforms, right? It's your Twitter, it's your Facebook, it's your Instagram, it's your TikTok. Um, that's where that's where we're pretty much active, and we try to uh, drip stream content into all of those platforms. And obviously, if you engage with me on any of those, that you'll actually get me. You're not going to get my team or anything like that. I don't have a team. I'm a one one man solo act here. So if you want to communicate with me and get direct uh, access to uh, my thoughts and, and to interact with me. I'd love to engage with you on those platforms. So if you do, or if you are listening to this show on Pocket Cast or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, share it to those streams. I would love for that because I think as Brett talked about in the, the episode that I referenced in this show, which was uh, the Art of Coaching podcast, I think it was episode 51, that the way that these podcast shows algorithms work is that 
when you go on, you leave a review or you leave a five-star rating, it pushes that podcast up to a higher viewpoint. So it's the same way that Facebook and Instagram's algorithms work as well, right? They will uh, expose your show to a, f- a small percentage of the, f- the people that follow your accounts. You know, I think in the last time that I researched it in Facebook, it was four or 5% of the people that follow you actually get to see the content that you post. If, you know, a percentage of those four or five people actually like it or share it, it will expose it to more people, more followers of that particular person. And you can see how liking and sharing something allows content to be more viewable for other people and more shareable and more viral. Not that anybody wants to go viral uh, by any means. I just want to get great high quality information, actual information out to people that, that want to use it in the trenches here. But what that does is it allows for the algorithm to understand that, hey, this show actually matters to people and people are actually listening to it and reviewing it and it pushes it higher, right? So rather than having charlatans in this uh, industry or in the podcast world that, that, uh, that don't deliver any value, rather than doing that, we can support sort of the mom and pop type of uh, podcasts, the ones that are sort of direct consumer uh, from from one you know pra- practitioner to another. That actually is people that are in the trenches that are doing the work that they say they are doing and not just talking about it. Um, that we can support those type of shows. So please head over, um, share it on your social media platform of choice, but also head over to adamringler.com forward slash newsletter. And again, please sign up for that. Um, you know, pop in your email. As I said in the intro of this show, I will never spam you with with terrible content. If you don't like it, unsubscribe. You can get out of it very easily. Uh, but if you do like it, check it out and then uh, share it. Share it with a friend. Share it with another coach. Um, what I try to do is once a month, I try to share high-quality information that is, you know, otherwise chocked full of, you know, research articles or, again, much like the show today, chocked full of podcasts that I'm listening to or things that I'm exploring. I get into the weeds with some cool articles that I'm reading that might not necessarily be strength conditioning oriented but has a lot of application to uh, coaching. And then something else I'm also exploring, if you're interested, is rather than email, right? We all get emails. I, know I talked about the Superhuman email app as a way of whittling down email. But if, you, if you're like, Adam, I hate email. I don't want to do the email route. I will never sign up for your newsletter. I'm cool with that. What you can also do is you can text me uh, at 31996, right? 31996, text sports science to that all lowercase. And what you'll get is real-time updates delivered to your phone, right? And it'll be industry news, research articles, podcasts, sports science resources, much more in that. And again, much like the newsletter, about once a month, I'll shoot you a text message of things I'm exploring and you can navigate it that way. So there's, at this point of the industry, right? I remember when I was in a young intern coach, uh, the very first strength and conditioning podcast I've listened to was a uh, good friend, Mike Boyle's strength coach podcast, right? And I consumed every single one of those podcasts. I remember downloading it. Uh, we didn't have an iPhone at that time. I downloaded it to my iPod, uploaded it, synced it, and would listen to it, right? So why I say that? 10 years ago, it might have been hard to get strength conditioning information. You had to really seek it out. Nowadays, it is so ridiculously easy to consume information. So you as a coach, as a practitioner, as a sports scientist, have no excuse not to continue to get better and better and high-quality information because it's so ridiculously easy. So uh, whether it is navigating to you know Adam Ringler forward slash social or the newsletter or texting me, 
let's make sure that you continue to develop as a coach. I want that as a coach because as we know, rising tides lift all ships. And if we all get better, if I can make one coach out there uh, deliver some value to them and to change their workflow and their practices, then that helps the entire state of our industry get better. And as, if, uh, as it gets better, it gets more competitive. As it gets more competitive, it raises the standards. If it raises the standards, hopefully it leads to better working conditions for the, the families and the people that are actually doing this job. So um, as always, thank you so much for listening to the show. Hopefully in these 40 minutes, you've gotten something out of it. And until next time, Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this show. I hope you took something away from it. And as always, there's a number of different ways that you can support the show, right? The first thing is I have a monthly newsletter that goes out. It is located at adamringler.com forward slash newsletter. And like I said in the intro, it is chock full of great articles, research papers, sort of daily notes, things I'm finding fascinating and experimenting with and being a human guinea pig with to try to change my own behaviors, my own habits, but ultimately to really try to improve my life and get something a little bit more meaningful out of it. So uh, head over to adamringler.com forward slash newsletter, pop in your email, and I promise you, you'll get the welcome email and you'll start receiving those monthly updates and you won't regret it. I'm not gonna send you a bunch of spam messages or anything like that. I really think that you'll get a lot out of it and, uh, and check it out. I get questions every single time we publish either an article or the latest update to the Decoding Excellence show. And the question I often receive is, how do I support this show? Well, we have a new way that the audience and the crowd and everybody else here can support the Decoding Excellence show. Head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Adam Ringler. It's actually not buying me a coffee. I know the name sounds sort of uh, confusing or misleading, if you will. But what it is, is it's a, a platform, sort of a crowdsourcing way of, uh, of donating to the show. And the idea is that you would donate a coffee, right? $5, $4 or whatever to the Decoding Excellence show. And what we do with this is we turn the proceeds directly over to supporting the hosting of the Decoding Excellence show on whether it's on Spotify or on Simplecast or iTunes and elsewhere. And it, it supports the hosting fees for our website and the Decoding Excellence uh, Decoding Excellence show. So if you want to support the show, you can buy me a coffee. You can buy seven coffees. You can buy yourself a coffee. Otherwise, please head over, check it out. It is buymeacoffee.com forward slash Adam Ringler. I'll include it in the show notes. And as always, thank you for supporting the Decoding Excellence show.